0: This is exactly right.
1: Hey, Scotty, picture this, all right? Mm -hmm. You're a young woman living in London in the 1920s. You've embraced Mm. your post-war independence and started dabbling in activities that were previously reserved for men, like driving.
2: Ooh, and do I get to rock a chic chin-length bob? Of course you do, and you carry a cigarette in one of those long holders. Okay, I do love this for me.
1: Okay. (laughs) I knew you would And This isn't just hypothetical. You can take on this persona
2: when you play June's Journey. I love June's Journey. It's a way to activate my brain, my eyes, and my thumb simultaneously. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a New York socialite living in London, when June's world is turned upside down when she learns of her sister's murder. June must immediately return to New York, but she has no idea that this is the first in a long line of troubling mysteries.
1: You'll play as June as she investigates design scenes set within lavish estates. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twist turns and catchy tunes. This is a delight to play. It uh, is
2: so fun. It's colorful. It's beautiful. I like, uh, I like a ticking clock for me to have to figure these puzzles out when I get them done. I yeah. feel thrilled on the inside.
1: Folks, it's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android.
2: uh scott are you ready oh i'm ready i'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh
1: incredibly intelligent highly elusive u.s faces a new threat from canadian super pig
2: this is incredible because i also have a pig story and it's from mexico yes wow i am Ready. All right, we're going to bring home the bacon on this brand Mm -hmm. spanking new episode of Bananas.
1: Guys, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Sitting across from me is the number one screenwriter in the United States and my best friend, Scotty
2: Landis. That is far too much. And across from me, the big banana, the one and only. You could see him live as a stand-up comedian or on the Bananas podcast in Portland in April, April 15th. Come check us out. That is the one and only Kurt Braunohler. Scotty, I
1: just felt my my elbow because I sat down on my couch in such a very specific way in which like, you know, I have a sectional and there's like two pieces that connect. And yes. I guess on one piece that connects, like the edge of it is there's a piece of wood underneath the fabric, and I sat down perfectly in a way that the piece of wood punctured my elbow. So I was just like sit my wife to from my wife's perspective, I just like sat down on my couch and went, "Oh,
2: <laughs> 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 nothing funny about the funny Ugh. bone are you gonna be okay yeah it hurts so
1: bad right now it's so crazy
2: that is crazy um anything you got to announce anything else about the top or should we get into our great guest
1: i do just want to say this that if you're in los angeles i am hosting a benefit for uh, my kids school uh, which is uh, local? Our local, local public school, Glenfield's Boulevard Elementary. That's mm. April first at the Elysian Theater, and Christella Alonzo's on that show. Love her. Chris Estrada.
2: Love him. Beth
1: Stelling. Love her. Rory Scovel. Love him. Sabrina Jalees. Love her. So it's going to be an amazing show, and it's at the Elysian April first, seven thirty. So support public schools and come out.
2: I already bought two tickets. Oh, hey! There you go. You're going to at least have two people there. Anyways, let's get into our guest, Kirby. National Geographic magazine named our guest the best mammal to ever walk the planet. <laughs> on top of that, she's a fantastic writer who has actually written for Playboy magazine and TV shows like The Unicorn on CBS and Beavis and Butthead. I've heard of that, which is currently airing on Comedy Central and Paramount+. Plus. And fun fact... Kurti B, she used to be a professional chef. Most importantly, she invites me to Yom Kippur every year. When and sometimes <laughs> I go. The great Edin Dranger. Hey, Edin, what's up?
0: That is such a lovely introduction. I I love to be known as the person who invites uh, people to Yom Kippur <laughs> dinner. We break or the fast. Uh, but but yes, it's it's like I love the break the fast because you get to eat like lox and bagels and breakfast food at like Ugh. 6 p.m. and get trashed, and it's acceptable. Um, Delightful. So, yeah, so that's why I invite Scotty for that.
2: <laughs> thank you. Well, welcome to Bananas. You're well one of the very few guests we've had on that truly listens to the oh, podcast. I'm the biggest so thank stand. you for that. I
0: feel like I shouldn't... You should, Like, you know, you shouldn't meet your heroes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> True.
0: So, so, like, I feel like... Uh, You know, I don't like I'm not going to go up to Obama or something and be like, you know, (laughs) could I be a guest on your podcast or something?
2: I read your book, sir.
1: (laughs) I feel like I have followed you on on Twitter for like 10 years now. Yeah. I I don't know you personally.
0: It's funny. I was once on a flight. Uh, from like LA to London or something, and I was just like sitting. I I was like in fucking like steerage, like coach, coach, like back of the plane near the engine.
1: You were under the you were under the plane. I was under the. Dogs. I was were in a cage.
0: I was beyond. I was less than cargo. <laughs> <laughs> and some woman is like, "Excuse me," and I thought she was like, like, ask me to like, "Oh, am I in the wrong seat?" And she was like, no, I follow you on Twitter. Aw, <laughs> that's I was so like, nice. I was like, oh, that's nice. Thank you. And I was like, do you want anything else? <laughs> She's like, no, I just want to let you yeah. know. And I was like, okay. And then I felt okay, now really- now we won't talk. And <laughs> then, <laughs> then I felt really self-conscious about tweeting because it was like, oh, is this what she like, oh, she got this material because you just met me or something? I don't know.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, so uh, I that's
1: I remember not like I there was a time in my life where I just assumed no one in my family knew about Twitter, mm-hmm. and so I would just tweet oh uh, about them all the all the time, <laughs> and um and then I think it was at my I, I went to my mom's husband's family's home uh for thanksgiving or something and i went to the bathroom and started like tweeting about like family thanksgivings and making jokes and i think one of them followed me and then the next year it was very icy (laughs) (laughs) a very icy
2: reception at thanksgiving wow yeah but also who cares they need to get over it. twitter doesn't matter it's never really mattered you were doing the right thing. It's for bathroom escapes to write down an observation and get back in there.
0: What did we do before this? Did we just write it down on actual toilet paper, our thoughts? No. Just... Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like... true though. There there were so many thoughts out there that just we just had to hold on to. We just kept it to ourselves, maybe sent a postcard, maybe it just was, died younger.
1: It was prayers, guys. It was I... just prayers whispered to the to the night sky. <laughs>
0: mm. I missed Magazine. My dad had a magazine rack, and <laughs> in, in, in all our bath—well, two two bathrooms—we had we had magazine racks in our bathrooms, and like yeah. that's non-existent anymore because everybody has that's a phone, right. which is disgusting. Actually, if you think
1: about it. yeah. Oh, it's one hundred percent disgusting. <laughs> we never think about it. <laughs>
2: So when I was like eight years old, there was one year where we lived at my grandmother's house and she got Reader's Digest and around eight or nine years old, I would just sit and read cover to cover Reader's Digest, just like a little grandpa, just (laughs) thumbing through, waiting to get to the riddles, just having a great read about the Grand Canyon or it was amazing. (laughs) I love it. Our friend Chris,
1: who Scotty used to work with, had a tweet and it was his first tweet that ever went viral which was, um, oh man, it was a Star Wars tweet, which was, what did Han Solo, like, oh man, I'm gonna fuck up the tweet. It was like, what did Han Solo say about his steak? What what was Han Solo surprised to find out about his steak? It was chewy, or something like that. It was something like that. And like, so then it ended up in Reader's Digest, and Chris (laughs) reads Reader's (laughs) Digest as well. (laughs) Which <laughs> like, I didn't know. That Reader's Digest would just collect tweets and then publish them <laughs> without telling you, it's and safe. then so so older people can sit on the toilet and without a phone still read tweets. That's so
0: funny. Mm-hmm. He reads Reader's like how old is he? He must be over fifty, at least sixty.
2: No, <laughs>
0: no, he just loves Reader's Digest. Oh, that's so funny.
2: <laughs> My kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Curdy B. What was this pig? What did he do? Uh, oh, this, super pig! This pigs. is amazing.
1: Okay, this was sent in by Sean Pfister. Thank, Thank you, you Sean. Sean, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. This is from The Guardian. Written by Adam Gabbitt. Get it? Get it, Gabbitt. Get it. Got it good. Gabbett, Best in the biz. Gabbitt got it. Was he got? A gift for Gabbin. And <laughs> uh, here it is. Incredibly intelligent, highly elusive. <laughs> U.S. faces new threat from Canadian super pig. Okay. <sighs> the, uh, the, the, the subhead is Northern states on alert for invasion of crossbred pig that threatens flora and fauna and is difficult to stop. Wow. Here I'm is- scared. I, this is crazy this is the story is legitimately crazy for decades wild pigs have been antagonizing flora and fauna in the US gobbling up crops spreading disease and even killing deer and elk Now, as fears over the potential of the pig impact in the U.S. grow, North America is also facing a new swine-related threat as a Canadian, quote, super pig, a giant, quote, incredibly intelligent, highly elusive beast capable of surviving cold climates by tunneling under snow is poised to infiltrate the north of the country. First, that is terrifying. Like, just imagine, like the 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 canate, like the the border, and then they're just like burrowing under the snow and then popping up in the United yeah. States. I love it so much. Um, the emergence of the so-called super pig, a result of crossbreeding domestic pigs with wild boars, only adds to the problems the U.S. faces from the swine invasion. Pigs are not native to the U.S., but have wrought havoc in recent decades. Uh, in parts of the country, the pig's prevalence has sparked a whole hog hunting industry. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we see, okay, quote, we see direct competition for our native species for food, said Michael Marlowe, uh, who is the program manager for Department of Agriculture's National Feral Swine Damage Management Program. That's program. Pigs are, it's a <laughs> program. program. It's a
0: great program, okay. guys. <laughs> Just, very accredited.
1: The Department of Agriculture <laughs> <laughs> National Feral Swine Damage Management Program. Oh, if, why damn. doesn't that have like a fun acronym?
2: Yeah. Oinker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Quote, However, pigs are also accomplished predators. They'll opportunistically come upon a hidden animal and the males have long tusks. So they're very capable of running and grabbing one with their mouth they will kill young fawns. They're known to be Dear nest Lord. predators. So they impact turkeys and potentially quail. Uh, the wild pigs are also responsible for a laundry list of environmental damages, ranging from eating innocent farmers' crops to destroying trees and polluting waters. They also pose a human health and safety risk a pig is a, quote, mixing vessel. I have oh, no boy. idea where they got that. Don't like that. Capable of carrying viruses such as flu, which are transmittable to humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, National Geographic, uh, that, who, who loves Ed and uh, reported <laughs> that pigs the have the mammal potential. mammal of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the best mammal of the year is a huge award for National Geographic.
0: And I'm competing the pigs with have- a super pig. <laughs> I know.
1: Good luck next year. <laughs> The pigs have the potential to create, quote, a novel influenza virus, which could, which could spread to humankind. Great,
0: great. great. Uh,
1: so anyway, they're out Perfect. there. They're burrowing in the snow. They're coming upon animals hidden, attacking, and they're making everybody sick. Super pigs, folks. Super we got to stop these
0: pigs. Can't, pigs. What happened to Babe? Like, why can't, what ba- to me? <laughs> why can't they all be pigs like babe? Like, <laughs> why are we P-
1: the classic pink pig?
0: <laughs> like, that's all I want. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I-, I mean, also, it's very trendy. I know with dogs to crossbreed because they make cute, like, yeah. you know, labradoodles or, yeah. you know, whatever they're called. They're always everything. Called- yeah. They're all fucking mutts. Right. Um I, I, I like only follow like rescues on Instagram and it's a horrible habit because I want to adopt all of them. And they're all like, <laughs> me too. They're all like, this is, this is tiramisu and he's 18% chihuahua and Very 20% Australian <laughs> shepherd. and <laughs> But these hogs, nobody wants that. Like, <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. A wild boar. Wild boars are crazy. We've had a lot of stories on wild boars. Um, and then I guess the pigs are smart, so the boar's crazy, the pigs are smart. Eh, it sounds crazy. It sounds they always say coy
2: dogs are the most dangerous dogs, right? More agree. dangerous than wolves. But going back to Bi- Babe and Babe Pig in the City, <laughs> the sequel, yes, which is an equally great movie. It's an amazing,
1: it's a real departure from the
2: first movie. Somebody had to pitch that movie. Some grown person yeah. I don't know who wrote that movie, but we can find out. Uh, walked into several studios I bet and said boy do I have an idea for you it's about a pig that can talk and they're like oh it's George Miller and Chris Noonan the George Miller oh my gosh it was George Miller from the Mad Max franchise I swear to god made Chris Noonan pig in the city (laughs) yes the guy that did all the Mad Max movies (laughs) wrote babe and babe pig in the city what a discovery. That's amazing.
0: I would love that kind uh, of range. Like
2: That makes it even funnier.
0: That makes it so much that makes actually a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little bit like a barnyard Mad Max situation. It's a little bit of Fury Road.
1: It explains Babe Pig in the City a little bit more because Babe Pig in the City is a wild world. You know, it's just all these animals running hotels. It's like a small <laughs> Venice. Everything's like a quarter size than it should be. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, so I want to know what the execs were thinking, saying yes to this pitch. That's
2: and then it was huge. It was a huge movie. They, it was they made huge. two of them. Yeah, what was going on that day where everybody, where adults, got together and like talking pig, super cute. Everybody loves it. I guess maybe Charlotte's Web teed it up in life that we're used to a talking adorable farm pig. You know, I would
1: put I'll bet I'll put money on it that it was like we now have the technology to make this pig fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. They're like, well, why? If we could do it, we we have to do it. That was it. Was easily it was greenlit immediately.
0: Did Homeward Bound come first? God, what a great movie yes. too. So that was yes. a talking dog movie, right?
2: Yes, that one and Milo and Otis, but then I think they've gone back and been like, boy, they weren't nice to those animals. Like I think years later, I think there's a reason why we don't get those movies. Yeah.
0: Now. Oh, that's We've a good We've learned point. our lesson. Yeah, they got canceled or something for There
1: was a dog movie that came out recently and there was like people like, Look at this dog jumping in this river. <laughs> Bad. People made the dog jump in the river. I don't know any more
0: details than that.
1: You don't need
2: to. <laughs> Can I tell That's you? That's the thing.
0: <laughs> when I was working on the Unicorn, which was just like a single cam sitcom mm-hmm. on CBS,
2: mm-hmm. the, the I main, remember.
0: The main the main character. Yeah, Walton Goggins was the star. Yeah. And the main car- he, he had on the show, he had two dogs. And we were like and like, I guess CBS or whatever were like we're like we're very really, trying to be very like wholesome about it. And we're like, we're gonna use two rescue dogs from this, like company that makes like you know makes that the, the trains dogs for tv shows and stuff and they would bring these dogs on set and they were angels on set but like of on one day we were shooting like a halloween episode and we had these like rotting pumpkins it was kind of a joke but the dog started eating them <laughs> <laughs> These dogs had like the biggest appetite, and they would just start eating like random crap around the set. Really, that it, it became a problem, so they couldn't like. We used to just hang out with the dogs; it was great. And like oh, Paramount wow. was like the dog friendliest set, like studio I've ever seen. But after the dogs started eating the Halloween stuff, we, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't free range anymore around. It was, I don't know. Yeah. Star dogs are like star kids, you know. Like, yes, it's, they it's, are. They're very strange. Like it's mm-hmm. bizarre. They
1: it, all have drug problems.
0: All of them. They're doing. They're bumping <laughs> cocaine when I can't look. Uh, yeah, that's why they're
1: eating a whole pumpkin.
0: That's what they. Yeah, co- <laughs> it's cocaine dog instead of cocaine bear. That was the original title. <laughs>
2: Kurt and I once tried to have Kurt ride a bear down a Western Main Street for a yeah. TV show we were doing. And we found a woman that was the trainer that could do it. And she said, we'll get one take because the w- she'll keep the bear kind of hungry. It'll take it's 28 days. For some reason, she said it'll take 28 days, not four weeks, not 30 days. She was like, it'll take 28 days. So we we're like, okay, let's do it. And she said, you're going to be able to ride it once, and then once it gets to the end of the street and uh, eats a birthday cake, we are going to give a bear a birthday. Uh, It will not obey anybody anymore. Once it eats the cake, it will not take instruction or commands. It was cake-based bear training. So we were like, "Okay, we'll get it in one." Kurt's a pro; he's a great host. He'll get it in one take. And then we called her back, and she was doing the Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio in Canada with the Kodiak bear that Kurt was going to ride like a horse, (laughs) (laughs) which would have been fantastic. We also once had a skunk
0: in in one episode, so we had a skunk trainer on set. What?
1: (laughs) That's not our. skunk trainer we had a skunk trainer trainer. yes that's a skunk capturer and remover
0: (laughs) (laughs) but the actor was too afraid to like do a lot of shots with it so we had like a fake one (laughs) to get up close it was yeah it was funny uh i wouldn't want to work with a skunk yeah
2: there used to people used to be allowed to have pet squirrels up until like the 40s or 50s. There's like old magazine advertisements about what great pet squirrels are and you can keep them in your homes and like in America it was pretty common to have pet squirrels.
0: Well, you know how you have your cat Punk, fun. which I only know from this from, um, from this punk, right? I have a yeah. squirrel outside of that oh it's the same one because he's really fat and and I call him Cosmo. And, great name and for a squirrel. it's a great yeah. name for a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and Cosmos, I feel like he's my pet at this point. You know,
2: mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> Let's see. I'll do my pig story too. I, I'm so glad you picked one. Yes. So here yes. is uh, my pig story. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, <laughs> the Juarez pancake eating pig, caught stealing a kilo of tortillas and finds a new home. Yes. That is. Just a great, great headline. The delight is in the details. It really is. This was written by Heriberto Perez for KVI7 ABC. Mm. They're good. They're in Juarez, Chihuahua. Um,
0: Wait, (laughs) are you serious?
2: I'm totally serious. This is Juarez Chihuahua, Mexico, Herberto Perez. He is the best in the biz. The best. Ezekiel. Mas mas mejor
1: en la biz. In
2: the the biz. We'll just say in el biz. El biz. Uh, And I'll have to find out who sent this in because a couple people did. Uh, Ezekiel has received some attention lately after escaping his home. In late 2022, Juarez authorities rescued him and brought him to the RAMM, which I'm guessing is the RAM, uh, a Juarez City Department (laughs) that cares for abandoned animals. After he escaped the first time, authorities tried caring for the pig. They realized the pig wouldn't eat no matter what they tried to feed him. So they tried pancakes and there you go. Ezekiel started eating again. So... There's a one way to curb these super pigs. Also, there's plenty of maple syrup up there. We got to pancake these super pigs to death.
0: (laughs) They got to take them to IHOP. You ever eat a pancake?
2: (laughs) Yes, take them to IHOP. Have you ever eaten pancakes too fast and it like slows down and it's stuck in your chest somewhere and you're like, this was a mistake. (laughs) This could be it for me. Um, Well, anyways, uh, last Monday, Ezekiel escaped from his new home. Juarez residents found him standing outside of a convenience store, which is yes. so good. <laughs> they observed Ezekiel leaving the store with a kilo of tortillas, which caught oh. the attention of hundreds of people on social media. Now he's at a new home on a farm called oh, on the Casas Grandes Highway. Um, so I looked that up because I was wondering what a kilo, how many tortillas that would be. So that's 2.2 pounds of tortillas. hmm So, a tortilla weighs 30 grams. How many grams in 2.2 pounds? 998. So, this means Ezekiel stole and ate 33.3 tortillas. Pretty good. Wait,
0: did they weigh these tortillas? Like, how did they know? (laughs) I went
2: online and I did the math. I did some Googling. How much does a tortilla weigh in a medium tortilla? 30 grams. But how
0: did they know it was two kilos or whatever it was? Like...
2: Oh, I think it was like a bag. I think oh, he stole yeah. like a bag oh, okay. of tortillas. And and got walked out into with them,
1: and the poor guy—you know—he yeah.
2: he thought they were
1: pancakes.
0: I, he I, thought he was
1: getting pancakes.
0: The poor, <laughs> the poor guy thought it was pounds, probably. And he hasn't adopted the metric system, and was like, I don't know what kilos is or something. <laughs> <laughs> pretty
1: fun pig (laughs) he's addicted to pancakes and i can't find any so
2: he's buying some tortillas they look uh, similar you
0: gotta Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like a crepe i i don't blame him uh me neither. you know i was
2: sent in by michelle thank you michelle for sending that in but
1: so there was a moment where he was like oh man the pancakes at that place were
2: so much better than these pancakes (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) tortillas don't stand up to a pancake (laughs) Uh when I was a kid, my the birthday thing I would do when I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven was uh we would go to Chi Chi's restaurant. Ed and did they have Chi Chi's out here when you were a kid? No. It's like a Mexican chain. Ooh, Kurt, I know they shetties, had them in New Jersey. But no this whole thing was while you waited for the table they had just barrels of fresh tortilla chips and salsa so you mm-hmm. could just stand oh, there and cool. eat chips and salsa before you even sat down oh uh, i
0: would have never left i wouldn't have eaten anything else <laughs> uh,
2: it, it was incredible commercials for it in the 80s were so funny it'd be like like young single adults like drinking margaritas and beers and eating chips and salsa and like flirting while they were waiting for their table and then the other commercials were Guys wearing trench coats that had tubes up their sleeves that they would vacuum up the salsa because it was so good and they would get fatter and fatter <laughs> as they were stealing salsa from Chi-Chi's. And then <laughs> Chi-Chi's was like, you don't have to do this anymore. We sell it in jars at <laughs> So it was like my 11th or 12th birthday and we go to Chi-Chi's and the big thing is they sing to you and then they give you fried ice cream, which mm. is delicious, and so I go to the bathroom to go to the bathroom. And at the time, <laughs> that summer, the big song was "Living on the Edge by Aerosmith. Yeah. And it was my favorite song. This was also when you didn't have you know, Spotify or whatever or YouTube. So you couldn't just hear songs. So I go in there and that song starts. And so I stood in the bathroom and listened to the entire song. <laughs> that song is almost seven minutes long. Yeah. So at some point...
0: That's a ballad. <laughs>
2: And looking back, How old are so you? 11, oh, what? I love it. 10, 11. So I'm just standing in a restaurant bathroom, just jamming out to my favorite song, wanting to hear it from start to finish. It's got a very clear, a very obvious opening that you would recognize right away. And if looking back, I realized that all my friends that I took to that were just sitting with my parents in a Mexican restaurant (laughs) just having to make small talk with two grown people they barely know. (laughs) At some point, my dad just comes in, like, worried, and he's like, what are you doing in here? And I'm listening to Aerosmith by myself. And I was like, oh, nothing. I'm just coming out. He's like, we thought you fell in. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And then I get back to the table and all my friends just tease me for the rest of the time thinking I'm like in there just destroying the Chi-Chi's <laughs> bathroom when really I'm just standing there like by myself just dancing <laughs> to Aerosmith as a
0: seven-old kid. Dude, I, I, I have, when I go out, I have performance anxiety when it comes to going to the bathroom. Like I feel like I can't go when there's other people there. It's oh, sure. in the in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Like I need yeah. I need no one to hear me. I'm like embarrassed. It just like won't come out. Like I can't pee unless everybody leaves me alone. So <laughs> but I'm always really self-conscious that I take a long time. Mm-hmm. So I so I basically just barely pee out. I just, I only be at home because I'm so self-conscious about people thinking I've been gone for so long, but it's me just really like thinking... Please, everybody, leave the bathroom so I can be in peace.
2: <laughs> they should play Aerosmith loudly in every public bathroom, as loud as they can. In A Japan- band that nobody actually likes, and then it just l- lets you all relax and make the noises you need to make in
0: this world. In, in Japan, they have this thing where you can turn on music wh- when you're in the bathroom, the so no, it drones out the peace the s- sound, or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's smart. Uh, when, so we, smart.
1: Go, we go to this one restaurant... Um, On Friday nights and uh, and my son, who's three, always like right when he starts eating, he's like, I got to use the bathroom. And it's literally just an excuse to get up from the table and walk to the bathroom. So I'm like, all right. And I always go with him. And so we make the whole long walk to the bathroom. We get in there. He goes to the bathroom. There's like no pee whatsoever. It's literally just an excuse. And then <laughs> I awesome. usually have to go. So then I sit down. And then he just walks to the other side of the bathroom, which is pretty far away from where the toilet is, turns the lights off, and then just leaves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's roommate. <laughs> it's he's like Tom so, Green.
1: It was like so, because he used to just turn the lights off and I'd be like, Gus, come on, turn them back on. And he'd turn them on, he'd turn them on, look at me, and then smile and then turn them off again. But now his new thing is like turning, shutting them off and opening the door and walking out. And he's, and he's three. And it's like the bathroom door is right near the um the 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 kitchen entrance. Yes, so it he is. could easily just like walk right into the kitchen. People are coming out with food. He's very little. So I have to like with my pants around my ankles, like run over in the dark, in pitch darkness, and like open the door and grab him, but without anyone seeing me, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it is it's really real. I'm his father.
2: I'm his father.
0: It is that strange is so too, good. like when when we were when I was little and I had to call someone on the phone, I had to make small talk with their parents until they came yes. home. Like, hey, can I speak to Jenny? Yeah. They're like, Yeah, hold on. And I'm like, oh hi Mrs. You know, Albertson, how are you? Like, how's the weather? How's your Just husband? Just opening
2: grocery stores all around <laughs> California, Florida and parts of Texas.
0: It's it's so weird making small talk with your friend's parents while you're waiting for like your friend to come downstairs. It was so embarrassing. But there was
2: always one kid growing up that would somehow find his way to the parents, and then you'd be like, where's Tommy? And they'd be sitting in your living room talking to my parents. Or so you'd be like, <laughs> where's Mike? Or, where? yeah, where's Kristen? And you're like, Kristen's upstairs talking to your parents. And they're always your parents' favorite one. Yeah. I remember it so... When I watched that movie, Eighth Grade... That little girl and it reminded me so many friends I had growing up that they would like just go talk to the parents instead of like hanging out the party downstairs. (laughs) What happens just like having a tab and a cigarette with the mom? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Virginia
1: Slim.
0: (laughs) Virginia Slim. Yes, exactly.
1: Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, Jan, I'm exhausted, so I'm happy I could spend this time with you. All right, bye-bye. I'm going to go back up and play.
2: <laughs> We're going to go play Ouija board downstairs with your son and all his friends, the people <laughs> having the birthday in the basement. Scotty's still in the bathroom listening to Dream On by Aerosmith. He's 10. <laughs> He's Tease 10, us, by the Kirby. Way. <laughs> <laughs> He's 10. He listens to Aerosmith. He's 10 years old. He sucks. <laughs> Uh,
1: Inside Bizarre Micronation in Desert with Its Own Dictator and Strict Walrus
2: Ban. Wow. So much to get into. Come on back to Bananas Podcast.
1: Hey, Scotty, picture this, all right? Mm -hmm. You're a young woman living in London in the 1920s. You've embraced Mm. your post-war independence and started dabbling in activities that were previously reserved for men, like driving.
2: Ooh, and do I get to rock a chic, chin-length bob? Of course you do, and you carry a cigarette in one
1: of those long holders. Okay, I do love this for me. Okay. (laughs) I knew you would And This isn't just hypothetical. You can take on this persona when you play June's
2: Journey. I love June's Journey. It's a way to activate my brain, my eyes, and my thumb simultaneously. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a New York socialite living in London, when June's world is turned upside down when she learns of her sister's murder. June must immediately return to New York, but she has no idea that this is the first in a long line of troubling mysteries.
1: You'll play as June as she investigates design scenes set within lavish estates. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twist turns and catchy tunes. This is a delight to play. It is
2: so fun. It's colorful. It's beautiful. I like uh, I like a ticking clock for me to have to figure these puzzles out when I get them done. I yeah. feel thrilled on the inside.
1: Folks, it's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Folks, we are back. Uh, Scott, you got any shout outs?
2: I do. I'm going to do four or five, and that'll. I, I'm getting so many at this point. Bananas, we love the shout outs. Be patient. I can't get to them all. It's only a 50 minute podcast. Jay Bergen16 wants to shout out Leanne and her babe Tim, which I think means like her boyfriend or partner or husband or something. Uh, they are getting hitched. Oh, there we go. They're getting hitched in April, and they sent us an invite, Curdy B. So hey. who knows? Um, if it's in Portland on the 15th, we'll squeeze it in. <laughs> They also have a dog named Papaya, which is a great name for a dog. Uh, Marissa wants to shout out her husband, Matt, for one year of sobriety on March 16th. Congrats. It's uh, a huge big deal. Matt congratulations. It's the right thing to do. You're saving yourself. It's a beautiful thing. Those are my words. Your, Marissa did not say that. Um, <laughs> Alex wants to shout out her little sister, Rachel, who does two hour-long drives to assist with brain surgeries.
1: Oh, wow. And she, she listens to bananas. In there. She just sticks her fingers in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does this help? Does this oh, help? Could you please stop? Would you not
0: come anymore?
2: <laughs> yeah, please, Rachel. You're get, it could weird. you, like,
0: not come in today or no, or ever? <laughs>
2: She doing? She's listening to bananas and staring at you. She also, Rachel has a little side hustle called Rachel Draws People Poorly, which is at Rachel Draws People Poorly, where you can get yourself drawn terribly. Maybe we should get it, Kurt. I would love it.
0: I could do Uh, that business. I could draw. I just can't draw.
2: I just can't draw. Um, Ansley, I believe, or Ainsley. Let's go, yeah. Ainsley Lockridge wants to shout out the Peachies, which I think are a couple whose last name are Peachies, mm. which is Great. incredible. Great uh, for giving birth to a baby banana. I think it's their first child. Uh, the Peachies are the best in the biz, apparently.
1: Yay! Peachy is also the name of a Pacific Northwest band from the 90s on, on I believe, Kill Rockstars, and they were mm. awesome as well. So shout out to them as well. <laughs> shout out to, those <laughs> to the Peachy's and
2: Kill Rockstar. Kill Rockstar <laughs> <laughs> sponsored Kurt's Jet ski going down the Mississippi. <laughs> and last but not least, we got this message that wants to stay anonymous, but I do think the Bananimals are going to be into it. Hello, friends. I work in advertising, and we just launched... A project for Clue. Yes, the board game Clue that basically turns it into a four-week-long mystery that plays out on Instagram. There are interrogation videos, there's physical evidence, basically all the things true crime fans love to dive into. And the storyline was written by the anonymous Bananimal who sent this in, so congratulations. That's an awesome gig. If there's anybody out there, a Bananimal Murderino, a Murder Banana, a Murder Bananarino, whatever you want to call yourselves, you can go to at Official Clue on Instagram and play along. That's at Official Clue and play along. And that's all we got. Keep sending it in to the Bananas podcast on uh, Instagram where we interact with you and we have lovely chats and keep sending your stories. Thank you to the Bananimals. Thank you. And we are
1: back with our
0: fantastic
1: guest, Edin Dranger, folks.
0: I'm also thrilled you pronounced my name right, because
2: it's a beautiful name.
0: Uh, I also can I just say I've become like a missionary for bananas. Like I will That's go right. out on dates, and they're like, "What's your favorite podcast?" And I'm like, "Bananas." <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they're like, bananas with Kurt and Scotty, Banana Boy Number Two, and Curtie B.
0: <laughs> the best in the biz. You never heard of them? What? And they think I'm a psychopath and <laughs> no, they don't, but, but they're just like, I've never heard of it. And I, and I just, I really, I push it on to, I foist it onto people and I'm like, Thank you, you. got to listen to it. It's better than, you know, this American life, all other podcasts, yeah. <laughs> all other podcasts. We, we, this American life is great. But like, at this point they've been on since like 1995. I was like a kid. I was like, mm-hmm. like in middle school when it came out. That's crazy. I'm, That's so
1: insane.
0: I'm like, they're, re- they're just replaying stuff at this point. Like, they can't keep yes. up, up with stories. So I'm There's like, you know what, Bananas states. is going to take their spot. So I've become a missionary, and yeah. uh, and I tell everybody Thank about you. it.
2: <laughs> Eden and I went on a, a friend date of sorts not long ago, and it was my first time going to an axe throwing
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one, did you was go that the
2: one in, like, North Hollywood or above North Hollywood? It
1: was Hollywood. In
2: Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Oh, Okay.
2: How would you describe that experience, And Did you have a lovely time?
0: It was... I'm really... This is why I'm glad I... Because Scotty is like my yes man. Like, if there's like a Um. weird thing I want to do, Scotty will do it. Like, and my other friends are like, I don't want to do that. Scotty will do it. And I've always wanted to try it. So, it's strange because it's in a strip mall. (laughs) It is. It was.
1: (laughs) Do they Uh, serve alcohol? Beer. Beer, yeah.
0: And there was... We were like playing around with it, and I'm terrible. Scotty got better. Scotty was like Mm -hmm. okay at first, and then got like Mm -hmm. pretty good by the end. I was like terrible to like mm, bad. (laughs) It's surprisingly hard. Yes,
1: it's weirdly hard.
0: But we were there with like, I think, like a first date with these people that one of them was the stuntman for Spider Man. And he was so he was. fucking good at it.
2: <laughs> he was amazing.
0: <laughs> like, we, we were just like watching him the whole time.
2: <laughs> he was really kind of dramatic, though. Like, it was definitely an early date. And the, the woman on the date was talking to Ed, Ed and was like, yeah, he's a stuntman. Because he was like nailing it from every direction. Yeah. yeah. The best thing that they did. Well, there were two funny things. One. Besides that guy, because they were directly next to us and he was hitting everything, they give you circular saw blades, which you almost can't miss with, because it's like a blade in 360 degrees, so you just wing that thing as hard as you can, and it sticks in there. Awesome. Awesome. Easy. Two, Ed, and will remember this, there was a guy that brought his own stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that guy that Dude, brought his own yeah. arsenal of sharp throwing shit? Oh, just, you mean... There There was a, like there a-, was a serial killer there.
1: <laughs> A serial killer showed up. That's cool to practice. <laughs> yeah,
0: he had yeah he had like his own blades, his own hammers, yes. everything. Yes,
2: like, <laughs> and he carried it stars. even.
0: This is where my yeah. this is where my chef knowledge comes in. So when I was in culinary school, we had like a kit with all our knives we had to carry mm-hmm. and he had that same fucking kit but it was instead yes. of like you know like you know but like fish boning knives it was like these like axes and yeah. weird blades and stuff and
2: there by himself just of going, course he going by
0: off. He's not on a date. He's not on a
2: Also wasn't that good at it. That's the one part. of <laughs> a
0: serial killer
2: gonna be attempted murder these will not be full-blown murders because he was not sticking his weird sharpened screwdrivers and stuff in there no oh. he, he
0: needed he needed lessons from the spider-man stuntman uh yes i mean that guy really could have given like lessons to everybody they have like a person excellent. kind of help us and like teach us how to throw and like use your body but not your arm. it was just like weird and like there's like a technicality to it but like i just wanted to watch this stuntman fucking me too <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: Me too. Who, he kind of looked like Tom Holland, right? He, it was, did. he was Tom Holland's stunt double. Yeah, wow. I looked at wow. him and I'm
0: like, he's like cute, but like in a weird, like this is not real way. Like, like a like yes. he was a movie star type, not uh-huh. and 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 he is sort of, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
2: in his own way, he is until he gets severely injured and moves back to where he's from. Like all stuntmen.
0: It's funny because the woman when she was telling his like date or whatever, <laughs> we were both like. Wow, he's really good. And she's like, He's a stuntman. man. He's he does the he he did Spider Man.
2: <laughs> yes. We're like, have fun later, honey. I this know. is gonna get weird. <laughs> I know.
0: Yeah. Um
1: so I've heard a rumor, Eden, that as you know on the on the podcast, we have a third banana boy. Uh, whose name is Charlie Fromage.
0: course, oh, yes, um, yes, of course. And
1: I've heard a rumor that your father invented the fan guy. Yeah. Is that true?
0: He helped invent it. Uh, Ooh, wow! I, uh, I wrote a movie about it because I think the story's mm-hmm. bananas of how that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. But um, But yeah, he and this other balloon designer and this Caribbean artist... They premiered at the 1996 Olympics. You can Google it. You can see it. It, Gloria Estefan was playing and uh, they had like, I think 20 Charlie fromages that were all Mm -hmm. white and they had hair and like a (sighs) neck too. They had like a neck and a little head and they were all around the stadium and they're just like flailing around um, to like Stevie Wonder and Gloria Estefan. (laughs) <laughs> Which, like, really slapped, honestly. Like,
2: uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible that he invented those. And we take Charlie to every one of our live shows. He's honestly Banana Boy number three in a very real sense. So what was your dad's name, Eden?
0: Uh So I called him Lulu, and everybody called him Lulu. But uh, his, cool real, his real name was A R I E H. And then my last name yeah. Dranger. So if you look him up, it's like the patent comes up and he's on the cool. But he sold his share of the patent cuz he wanted he, did... he didn't think anything would happen to it. He's like, ah, "This is a dumb thing. Like what's going what's going to happen?" And cut to it's oh, like man. in every car dealership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't own an island. No, I don't make any money off it. Uh <laughs> But but the funny thing too is also the patent. This is like a little inside baseball thing about Charlie fromage. So the patent mm-hmm. that the original invention is if you look, it's bipedal, so it has two legs and two. Oh, vents.
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, and that's so it was what, two fans originally. Yeah, and like a yeah, yeah. and it would connect at the top. And the ones that you usually see are just one fan, and yep. they don't have a patent for that one. That one, like I guess, so that's usually the one you see. And uh, oh, yeah. that's
1: interesting. So it doesn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered anyway if he, if he hadn't sold it.
0: Not really. But like when that movie Nope came out, my, everybody was texting me.
2: <laughs> yes. We got a lot of DMs too. We got a lot of messages that people were like, it's Charlie fromage. <laughs> that's so
0: great. Yeah. And I really I like so that you cool. guys called it Charlie fromage because like I, m- my dad called it a fly guy.
1: A fly guy.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But true, I call true. it a tube dude. Uh, Tube
1: dude, deep, catchy, I like both catchy. of those names. I,
0: but so but he, now Charlie fromage is way better.
1: <laughs> what is? What did your father do outside of inventing the fan man? Um, uh, like on uh, out, when he wasn't doing that? I mean, obviously working with balloon designers.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> no, he, he was not a, to do. He was not an artistic <laughs> person. That's the thing. He was an aeronautical okay. uh, engineer.
1: Ah, there you go. So
0: okay. that's why he was very like cool. paired up to do this because like this artist was like very eccentric and crazy and like out of his mind a little bit. And, yeah. and my dad was like, no, you need to use science and stuff to make these things work and like the right torque. And I don't know, sciencey words. And, uh, <laughs> And you yeah. got to
2: have torque. Oh, I'm <laughs> obsessed with I torque. Know. I literally won't shut up about torque. The
0: only reason I know that is because I wrote a movie about it, and i that's the only time where I'm like, well, shit, I don't actually know how these things work, so I have to go like research it and like figure it out. But there's a wonderful... We don't either. I don't want to plug another podcast, but there's another podcast called 99% Invisible. It's pretty popular. Uh-huh. Um, there's one called uh, Inflatable Men. And my dad's not on you know, it because he that. passed away like ten years ago. But the two other guys that invented it are on it, and it's like 14 minutes, and they tell you the story cool. of how they invented it, and it's really fun. Oh, nice! And uh, and they don't mention Charlie Fromage by name, but they should.
2: <laughs> Those losers. Well, Lulu Dranger banana of the week. I oh, think. I mean, yes. Oh, He's at the root of it. Banana of the week. Do you guys yeah. keep
0: it like with you? Do you guys have one at your houses or something? That you. It's just right asked... next
2: to Kurt right now. It's right next. No to me right way. Now.
0: That is so. Yeah, we yeah, bought one. We oh.
1: carry it around in a drum, a, a drum kit bag. Yeah. What a disappointment!
0: It's like not a drum. It's.
2: <laughs> oh, the TSA yeah. hates it. Every time they're like, "And this is," and I'm like, "It's Charlie fromage. He's a tube dude. <laughs> He's a tube
1: dude."
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: All right, do you want
1: to hear this story? Yes, sir. Inside Bizarre Micronation in Desert with its own dictator and strict walrus ban. Okay, uh, okay. I, I cannot remember who sent this in, and I apologize. Again, my my computer keeps erasing the I hate names. computers. <sighs> but it I'm was in the mirror.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, Heard uh, But it is real, but it is real. Um, and this was written by... This is great. I love this. James Liddell, U.S. US audience writer and Charlie Jones, news reporter. So this is a this is sounds like a user generated story here. Sitting in a remote part of the vast Nevada desert is a strange micronation with its own dictator, a currency based on cookie dough, and a complete ban on walruses. The bizarre Republic of Molossia sounds like the fever dream of a sleep-deprived comic book writer, but it's very much real even if they haven't managed to get formal record recognition from the U.N. quite yet. Okay. Found in the Dayton Valley near Carson River, it was founded on May 26, 1977, by Kevin Ball, who serves as dictator, and his friend James Spielman, although James has now left <laughs> President Ball Loser. after who the capital of Molossia, Broston Town, is named, stayed with it, and under his steady rule, the nation has flourished to include three residents. Uh, mm. YouTuber The Wanton Don paid a oh. visit to Malaysia to see the odd sites, reports Daily Star. Just a, a collection of uh, quality news establishments. Uh, President Baugh59 told him... James was king and I was prime minister and he moved on to other things, but I stayed with the idea. The sovereign state has three permanent residents, President Ba, his wife and first lady, Adrienne, and their daughter, Alexis, who is chief constable. While President Ba claims Malaysia is an independent country, does not receive recognition from any other member states of the United Nations, um... But, like any other country, Malasia has a complex legal system, its own set of rules. Such laws include it being illegal to cause a catastrophe and illegal to play percussion instruments. Catfish. <laughs> Walruses, missionaries, and tobacco are also banned. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but wrongdoers beware, there's a singular jail cell for those who cause mayhem. Good. The micronation runs an intricate monetary system, as President Ball explained. Quote, Molossi's money is called the valora,
2: which means valuable so in
1: our second language, which is so Esperanto. Good. Oh, yeah. uh,
2: William Shatner loved Esperanto It was yes. going to be the universal language for all Paul peoples to speak and it did not work
1: Never took off Nope. Uh, we are on the cookie dough standard here in Molassia. Our money is all based on cookie dough <laughs> President Paul Runs a tight ship conducting his duties From his oval, also, uh, oval Office Where he also writes the country's rules When asked how he comes up with policies He replied, mostly from my head and stuff
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this, dude.
1: The Molossian Navy is a tight-knit operation run from the arid desert and consists of a small fleet of inflatable kayaks. Um, Currently, we are at war with the nation of East Germany, President Barr revealed. Smart. Um, He claimed East Germany, which has ceased to exist since 1990, quote, disturbed his sleep while he was stationed in West Germany after World War II. President Paul claims East Germany still exists in the form of an uninhabited place just outside of Cuba called Ernst Thalmann Island. He added, there is no room with whom to arrange, there is no one with whom to arrange a peace, so the war still goes on forever. Good. Probably forever. Yeah. Um, So this is, so he gives tours. There's a photograph. First off, he also wears like full, like, like junta style Dictator military uh, smart garb, mm-hmm. and he gives tours. I'm seeing a picture right here. Um, he says we don't really get involved with the politics of the United States. They've never really gotten involved with us.
2: Good. Um,
1: we pay taxes, but we call it foreign aid. Um, yeah, so oh, yes. they didn't
2: go full because there's a couple different ways. Like when we were looking up East Banana Land and Carly Olson was helping us, mm-hmm. you, there is a way to become an independent micronation where you are recognized by the UN and you actually are a sovereign nation that you and you don't have to pay taxes or. There's oh. a symbolic one, which is what this is, yeah. where you ba- you basically get everything together except you're not recognized by United Nations. Right. Which is what East Banana Land will be. Yeah, exactly.
1: How is East Banana Land coming along? Oh, I'm day. waiting
2: on one paycheck. I'm still waiting on the same exact movie that Ooh. I sold over well over a year ago, and I have not been what they call in the biz commenced. So as soon as I get commenced... <laughs> going to Cloudcroft. So I was talking to an architect, though, about designing something that was site-specific so that when you were there, it like was a really cool place that you could stay. Uh-huh. And the architect was like, I will use all uh, local materials. It'll blend in. Ooh. I was like, I just need a yellow bench and a yellow mailbox so people on road trips can find East Banana Land. He's like, that's easy. And then he said he was thinking about building... Uh, an elevated, like something 10 feet in the, uh, in the air with site-specific bed and bathroom that people can park underneath it mm-hmm. and then stay above it. So that's what we're looking at. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so we'll be ready to go. I'm literally just waiting on this one dumb job where I'm like, come on. Uh, people want amazing. it. That's cool. Yeah, Cloudcroft, New Mexico. That's, Seems like a cool place. It's a great name.
0: It's, why would they ban cookie dough? That that's so weird and like sad, like
2: banning
1: cookie dough. Yeah. Oh no no that's their that's their currency. Oh it's
0: the currency. Oh okay.
2: Yeah. The yeah, opposite. Yeah. They love cookie dough. You
0: want dough. something yeah, yeah. funny? When I was four years old, I had salmonella, which is terrible. It's funny. I don't wish no. it on anybody. <laughs> From
1: cookie dough. From so cookie dough. dough.
0: Well, I think it's, I think we don't know for sure, but we suspect it was cookie dough, and yeah. and ever since then. I became like a five-year-old, like germophobe, and mm-hmm. I, I would I was the I was the, yeah. like the party pooper at the party, being like, are those brownies cooked all the way through? <laughs> like, <laughs> and because I had just like PTSD from from just like salmonella and like cookie dough.
2: Understandable. Of That's
1: course. so understandable.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it's
1: very difficult to explain to a three or a five-year-old. That they could get sick from cookie dough.
0: It's very hard to explain uh, to them what you can and cannot eat because they just think everything is fair game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it tastes good. Nom, 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 nom. That's kids. (laughs) That's kids. Class. That's
2: kids. (laughs) That's kids.
1: (laughs) Uh, Give us one more to send us home,
2: Scotty. This one's a li- this one's about two months old, but I still just love it so much. Mm-hmm. Madison Russell sent this in. Thank you, Madison mm. Russell. You're the best. Uh, Michigan priest who temporarily died claims he went to hell and saw demons enslaving humans, torturing them with Rihanna's music. Umbrella. It is. <laughs> yes.
0: No. This was in
2: Best Life, which is so funny that this was in Best Life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Farazan Mast. Farazan, best in the business, bat out of hell mast. Thank you, Farazan or Ferrazone. Yeah, Farazan Mast. A Michigan priest says he temporarily went to hell and now he's sharing details from his journey to the underworld that may offend some music lovers. Gerald Johnson says he died in 2016 after suffering a heart attack and what he saw and more specifically heard was horrifying. Johnson says he saw terrible gruesome sights of torture and pain and heard music that was designed to cause maximum trauma. Here's what he says he heard during his death experience, which is a great sentence to write when you're reading uh-huh. an article that has a headline. <laughs> of course. He says instead of heading straight to hell as he expected, weird already. Why did this guy to go think straight he straight was- to hell? Exactly. Interesting. He went- Um, He said uh, he went down to the pits of hell Quote, I thought I did so much good During my life and helped so many people That I would go to heaven But even so, I went down to hell (laughs) What? This is is amazing What a loser I love this guy Johnson says he saw demons Enslaving humans And a man walking on all fours Like a dog And getting burned head to toe His eyes were bulging And worse than that He was like a hellhound And worse than that, he was like, a hell out. Uh, Johnson claims hell is much worse than he could have ever imagined. (laughs) 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 What a naive bozo. I entered the very center of the earth, Johnson says. The things I saw down there are indescribable. It brings up so many difficult feelings when I talk about it. No one deserves that. Johnson said there's a section of hell where music is played. But very badly. The priest claims he <laughs> could hear two songs. Rihanna's Umbrella what? and Bobby was McFerrin's I know. Was. No, and Bobby McFerrin be Don't Worry, happy. Be Happy. Oh.
1: <laughs> that
2: is the funniest two
1: songs to go together in hell.
2: They were being used as instruments of torture to make things significantly worse. The demon choir performing these songs was deliberately performing them incorrectly for <laughs> maximum pain.
1: Wait, well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> best. Every word of every song was made to torture you for the fact that you didn't worship God through music while you were on earth. Okay, so there's a good message in here or something. Oh, uh.
0: I have a question for uh, you too.
2: Please, please. Uh
0: is, what like what's like the one song that like is like your torture? Like if it's like on a playlist, you're like, fuck this. Like that like, like ruins Alicia anything.
2: Keys. <laughs> Alicia Keys, this girl is on fire. Uh, that song uh. Karen Karen Kilgariff knows Karen and I have laughed many times But I just can't stand Alicia Keys' tone It's her voice, it drives me nuts
1: Oh man What is one song I, I don't know cuz most of those songs I find are the ones that I really hate are ones that I secretly like.
0: Yeah, like guilty so, pleasures. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they end up being like guilty pleasures for me.
0: Like my guilty uh, pleasure song it. is Mumbo Number 5. <laughs>
1: Ooh,
2: that would be bad. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> that'd be tough. But like the song that I really cannot listen, I need to turn off like the radio or something is the is Megan Trainor's I Made You Look. Uh uh-huh. Actually any uh-huh. Megan Trainor song I'm not a fan of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel about
0: Megan Traynor how you feel about Alicia Keys.
2: <laughs> yes, I am all about that bass. But yes, Alicia Keys, like the Let's Hear It for New York, or like whatever that one she does with Jay Z. That that's that's actually that song because I don't even like Jay Z in that song. So yes, mine would be New York Concrete Jungle, where dreams are made of
1: Empire State whatever. of Mind.
2: Yeah, I hate that song. <laughs> that song would be hell for me. Yes, terrible.
0: The Empire State oh. of Mind strikes back.
2: <laughs> also, I just hate the mess. Kurt and I lived in New York for I lived there for 9 years. Kurt, how long were you there? 14. Can it's it, it can you do everything there? Sure. Is it a great place to be? Yeah, debatable. <laughs> it's a it's a mild approval of new york society. yeah Debatable. yeah
0: it's a concrete yeah. jungle where dreams are me
2: <laughs> there's nothing you can't do oh there's so many things you can't do you can't catch a subway from 2 a.m to 4 a.m when a trash train comes and you just stand there going I'm too poor to afford a taxi see
0: that's my idea of hell okay
2: <laughs> yes yes, yeah. yes.
0: See.
1: At 2 a. Yeah,
2: wait at two AM when the trash train comes. I agree. There's with that. nothing you can't do except afford a place on your own, so having two roommates <laughs> until you're early fifties. <laughs> it's true. It's true. My gosh. Anyways, this guy didn't die. So that's the happy ending of this story. He came die. back to Earth. Yes. I amen.
0: guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he did die But he did he did pass for moments In a grocery store That was playing music mm. On a popular radio station
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that's where he had his heart attack Just yeah, in a yeah, grocery yeah. store Where those two songs played, played He's like
1: I'm back baby he was dead. I was <laughs> dead
2: for exactly a One minute and fifty seconds Enough time to hear
1: one song And <laughs> do <into> the other <laughs> uh, Well Eden thank you so much
2: For being on Bananas Thank you
0: for having me
2: where can they find you? Tell we we pumped up your Twitter, Twitter. what's your Instagram? Oh, uh
0: you can i started a Substack in January and well, it's awesome. about uh it's like finan it's like financial advice but like in a funny way for creative people because nice. we're bad with money, most creative yes. people and we don't know how to we don't know how to negotiate cuz we don't like money. I mean, we love money. Let's not. But we just we, yeah. just, we suck You're at right. it. That's why we do creative things. So I, it's just like a helpful so it's my sub. My Substack is called Not So Starving Artist, um, okay. and you can look that up. And yeah, Great. I'm on Instagram, Eden uh, in, spelled Eden because I'm weird, underscore eats. Um, and yeah, but but really everybody should follow the bananas because I'm just the biggest banana stand. So you know
2: that's right. <laughs> An Followed OG banana. <laughs> um, did you even call the banana phone? Did we talk on the banana? Well, I phone did the call 2020? the
0: banana phone. I did. That's
2: right. I'm <laughs> such a
0: fan that I called. And like you were so nice because you you talked to me for a little more than like a minute, and I felt like so special. And we just you caught up so for special. like we caught you up are. for like five minutes. It was great.
2: That's right. Well, you can say bananas with us, Ed, and we'll go three, two, one.
0: Bananas. bananas. <laughs> You're <laughs> all in different tones. <laughs>
2: That's good. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstart. And Lisa
1: Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananas. Bananamals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And if you love what you hear feel free to rate and review our little show.
1: And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.